Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And that is launched out to deep left field. Big fly for Mike Trout. This is ground ball to second base. Red Heeple falls down, picks it up, fires the first. The Angels have no hit. The Seattle Mariners. It's gone. Big fly for Anthony Rendon. Hey guys, I'm Alex Curry. This is Joe Adele here with the Los Angeles Angels. Brendan Marsh. This is Chris Rodriguez. You're listening to the All Angels Podcast. And welcome to another edition of the All Angels Podcast. Um, I am doing it right after the Sunday night game. I am super hyped. My adrenaline's pumping. Um, if you don't know what happened because you're watching this at another time or you're listening to it maybe tomorrow on Monday, we'll get to the Sunday night game Um all these games have been really, really competitive, except for the Friday night game, unfortunately, the one I went to. But the ones that the Angels have won, they've won in numerous ways and has been, as a fan, unbelievably exciting. Um, so, like I said, we will get to Sunday night's game in a little bit, but we're going to work our way down through this first opening weekend. And obviously, opening day, a huge day for baseball fans in general. Um, you know, we're finally home. Angels are finally home for our opening day and for the first time in seems like forever. Um, against a really good pitcher, pitcher and uh, Lucas Giolito. Um, but Dylan Bundy took the mound that game. And, you know, it was definitely going to be a pitching duel. We always thought it was going to be like that. Um, the, White Sox, the White Sox get up early in the second. But then Justin Upton comes here and ties it. Out of these uh, chances. This one lined into center field. Upton so obviously the game's tied up there um we, we mentioned this before i think upton's gonna be a really really key part of this team and we've mentioned it even in spring training and he had a really good weekend again we're gonna get to all the highlights throughout the weekend uh through this podcast so they are tied upton ties it in the fourth in the fifth adam eden hits a two-run home run that which puts up the socks three to one off of dylan bundy dylan bundy did not do bad dylan bundy went six innings gave up three runs struck out six 88 uh pitches was his pitch count when he got taken out now, I think that's more of a product of it being his first start in the first game. You don't want to put someone like that out there, you know, 90-something, 100-something pitches. I think the 88 pitch count was really, really good. Again, six innings, uh, six hits, three runs, six strikeouts. Lucas Giolito also did really, really well. Five and a third, two hits, two earned runs, eight strikeouts, and his pitch count was also 87. So it turned into a bullpen uh, bullpen game fairly quickly, and if you have seen the moves that Chicago has made this year, you know that they have a really good bullpen in the back. And and honestly, the Angels are, are kind of you know a lot of uncertainty in those bullpen. A lot of good names, a lot of guys you think will do well, but just not too sure yet. So now moving um, into the next couple innings, Matt Stassi comes up, and if you had him. To hit the first home runs of Angels of the Angel season, you definitely won your uh, pool. Stassi is a catcher. High fly ball center field. Robert goes back to the wall. Gone. And that's the power for Max Stassi entertaining us with a home run. 
So again, Max Stassi with the first home run of the Angels season. Um, you know, a lot of people probably thought it was going to be Trout. A lot of people probably thought it was going to be Rendon. A lot of people thought it was going to be Otani. But for Stassi to come out here, when a lot of people out there didn't think he would make the opening day roster because of his hip surgery, um, for him to come out on that first day um, and tie it, uh, really, really, you know, lit that place on fire. And and if you watched our um, first uh pre like the pregame before the opening day uh at Halo Haven we were just jumping up and down in Halo Haven jumping up and out, out of our seats uh was a really cool feeling to see them work their way back to a tie like that so now fast forward to the 8th after um Rendon strikes out Upton walks Albert comes up with the bases loaded and in this situation you're just hoping for an uh, a productive out at some point or something to I mean, it's Albert. So a lot of people were probably thinking at this time, oh, no, double play. So um, that was probably that would have been the worst case scenario. But this is what happened. Albert Pujols bouncing ball, hugs the line, fielding, firing on across. Albert Pujols puts his team on top. And so you saw Otani scored the go ahead run there. So, again, Albert coming up, bases loaded. Hits the you know hits the ball not great but just slow enough to where they couldn't turn two and the only play they could do is at first. Um, so again, like I said, uh, Angels go up three to four. Ninth inning comes around and Iglesias, Irel Iglesias comes in again. One of those new guys that has um, been brought in by the Angels, and he is. Uh, you know, for the most part, the closer. And and for the first time in a real game, we see him in action, and he looks absolutely awesome, devastating, just able to get these guys out. And with his stuff, um, was really, really nasty. And this is how the final out of the first game of the Angels season. The last chance. High fly ball, well-struck right field. Dexter Fowler says, I've got it. The Angels are 1-0 to open up the 2021 season. And exactly there it is. The Angels win uh, three to four. Um, again, you you heard the Angels win on opening day was a, which was like the first opening day win since I be- believe like uh, two thousand and or man, it had to be like almost it was like almost like ten years, maybe eight years since they won on opening day. So um, for that to happen uh, was really really great. And again, it's a way to start out the season. Not only you get a opening day. Uh, home opener on opening day, but also you bring it in with a victory. So that was a great game. Again, the team battled back, um, being down by one run and against a really good bullpen, uh, being able to produce runs any way they can. The bullpen was great. Uh, Slager, Myers, and Iglesias all pitched one inning, and obviously they didn't give up any runs. So that's the kind of production the Angels are going to need going forward into the season. Um, from that back end of the bullpen. So kind of like what I mentioned earlier, all these games are super competitive, <laughs> except for this game, the Friday night game. Um, Andrew Haney took the mound against Dallas Keuchel. And, you know, Andrew Haney, we talked about him a little bit on opening day. We're really hoping for big things from Andrew, not only for the Angels, but through the Tyler Skaggs Foundation. Um, he didn't have his best stuff, which was weird, though, because – if you guys watch the game, the first two innings, it was three up, three down. Seemed like he, he whatever he was working on or, or, or had to fix, he seemed like he did it, but then could not get out of the third inning or got through the third inning, got into the fourth. Um, 
and they could not get a single out in the fourth inning. So that was kind of disappointing for Andrew Haney after such a great um, start for that game. And it just was unfortunate that uh, he didn't go that long. He gave, gave five hits, seven runs, two walks, four strikeouts. And it was, just, um, you know, they were up early. They were up early in the first. Then they were down seven to one after the Sox bat in the fourth. Um one of the really, really good things about this game, though, to take away from it was the debut of Chris Rodriguez. And obviously, if you listen to this podcast, um, honestly, since I've jumped on for the past three or four years, you have seen Chris's um, journey, if you will. We've had him on about five times, all the way dating back to his uh, time in single A, um, dealing with the first injury, then dealing with his surgery, and then dealing and then talking to him before this um, spring training. We, we've talked to him quite a bit throughout his journey. So to see him there and for me to be there, to see his debut was was awesome. Again, he did unbelievable. All the stuff you saw in spring training as far as the movement on his pitches and the velocity on his pitches, it was there. And, it, and the, the moment for him did not seem too big. Um, you know, he never pitched above high A. He never he hasn't pitched more than a, than I think the number was like nine and two thirds of professional innings, and that to me is absolutely crazy because he came in and he commanded the the mound. Uh, he went two innings, gave up two hits, three strikeouts. Um, but again, for a debut, he did absolutely great, and I think that's something that the Angel fans took away from this game. And granted, it was. Um, not what they wanted as far as the win, but you know, they did take something out of it. And again, I think that was Chris Rodriguez making his uh, major league debut at angel stadium in this game. Now it's going to be interesting to see how they use him because Madden did say that this kind of opens a whole nother Pandora's box of his movement with the bullpen. If he's coming in, maybe in higher lever situation, maybe comes an eighth inning guy, but right now it looks like he's kind of settled into like more of a long uh, long reliever. So we'll see how that plays out. And again, with his injury past, it looks like they're going to take it easy on him because he did pitch Saturday or Friday, two games, but that was it for this series. He didn't pitch on Saturday and he didn't pitch Sunday and two games that were, that had high leverage situations where you would think if he, if he was in a normal kind of usage rate, he would have saw some kind of time. So maybe he sees time against Houston. We'll see, but, um, the future is really, really bright for this kid. And again, for someone that has interviewed him and talked to him, uh, not only on the podcast, but on a personal level, it was really, really great to see him make his debut and do as well as he did. But kind of like I mentioned before, uh, the Angels kind of came back and made it close with six to seven after five innings. Um, and and again, Chris kind of helped hold that all the way into the ninth inning. Entering the ninth, it was still six to seven, but then they gave up five runs in the ninth. Um, Otani does hit his first home run as an as uh, first home run this season, uh, and it was a little too little, too late. But it was kind of nice to see that pop and another kind of I don't want to say uh, side plot, but Liam Hendricks was pitching in this game in the eighth inning when it looked like the game was, again, a one-run game. But once he scored all those runs in the top of the ninth, I was kind of surprised to see Hendricks come back out in the bottom of the ninth. Um, he pitched a whole ball in the ninth. They even, you know, when he even when he gave up that home run to Otani, he was still in there, and he, he got his pitch count up quite a bit for a, team, for a game that was kind of already in the bag. And I think that kind of played into the next game, and we'll get to that. But the Angels lose, obviously, 12-8 to on Friday. So now fast forward 
to our to the game on Saturday night. New Angel Alex Cobb makes his debut. Um, you've been seeing and hearing a lot of good things about him. Still not quite sure um, what to think of him. You know, this first outing for him was great. He went six innings, eight hits, three runs, seven strikeouts. That was great against Lance Lynn. A guy the Angels see, saw quite a bit last year and when he was with Texas. And um, I think, honestly, you know, did pretty well against him last year. And uh, so there was no real concern on my end about being able to get to him earlier and being able to put up numbers. Lance Wynn went four and two thirds, six hits, two runs, zero earned runs, but six Ks, but they were able to work that pitch count up and were able to um, get him out fairly quickly. Something that I've never seen before happened in the third inning, and this is how the Angels tied the game. Six fastball. A mile high. And of course, Tim Anderson will catch it. You know what? He'd catch it if it was underneath the halo. Yeah, usually um, steady outfielder uh, Roberts knocks a ball off his head, which is one of the weirdest plays that I saw. But luckily, with Fletcher um, moving at, at the you know at contact, he was able to get all the way around. They're able to tie it that way, and because of the throw home and it going over the head of the catcher, Rendon was able to. Um, Get to second, and then this, because he was able to move to second, this is definitely uh, the product of that. Bouncing ball, base hit left field. Here comes Rendon. Vaughn is up with it. He'll hit the cutoff man. The Halos take the lead. Walsh with his first base hit and RBI of this season. Definitely won't be the last time we hear that name on this podcast. Jared Walsh with his first hit, first RBI of the season. Um, So, again, he... uh, because of Rendon being able to move the second with that overthrow, uh, that base hit gets him home, and the Angels are able to take the lead. The Sox in the fourth would end up taking the lead in this. Uh, would end up taking the lead, but the Angels was, again will start coming back. We saw a lot of great comebacks throughout um, throughout this series, and this is probably one of the one of the first comebacks. And again, this is something, this is happening against a really good bullpen in the Chicago White Sox. Um, so here first is the time. Walsh out front, drives it down the line. Fair ball. Into the corner it goes. Anthony Rendon is being sent on around. The relay. No relay. We're tied. A triple. What a game for Walsh. So again, Jared Walsh, I guarantee we won't finish hearing that name either. Jared Walsh with a triple that ties the game. So with that coming up, obviously the man behind him, uh, Mr. Mike Trout, comes up with opportunity to take the lead, and this is what Justin Upton. J-Up, high fly ball, left field to the wall. J-Up going uptown, looking for that pitch, inner half, no going to be pinched inside and he lifts it out of the ballpark to run home run halo's up now five to three up oh, i said my trout i meant justin upton upton again with a with a two-run jack and we kind of we mentioned in the first game um it it's going to be very vital for this guy to be productive um and through this first series he definitely has and so the angels end up winning this matchup so it was great to see that happen 
end up winning the match of five to three. Uh, another great comeback, another great opportunity for the Angels to work their way back um, because of uh, some, again, like Chris pitching the night before, and then even Iglesias getting in the night before. Uh, Junior Gara comes in for the, in the eighth inning, but also finishes out in the ninth. So he's the one that gets the save and another opportunity for uh, another bullpen arm to kind of solidify himself in that right um in that spot to get in a high leverage situation. So Junior Gara comes out and, and shuts the door in the ninth inning and gets that save. So now we move on to Sunday. Obviously, we are recording this Sunday night right after the game. This game was absolutely bonkers. It was um it was tied, you know, Otani came out uh pretty much that next night that Otani was gonna pitch and hit um for the Angels uh, on Sunday, and that's exactly what happened. And his first inning, great. His first inning, uh, he's pumping the ball over 100 miles an hour. I think at one point he reached over 101 miles per hour, but he was getting it done. And when it came to his first at-bat and his first pitch that he saw in the batter's box, this is what happened. First pitch swinging. So, yeah, <laughs> you heard that, and it just sounded completely different. You hear that, and it's, it's crazy to think that this guy just got done throwing 100 miles an hour, gets in the bullpen, or gets back in the dugout, grabs his bat, grabs his helmet, and is able to do that with the first pitch of the game that he saw. So, Otani, exit velocity on that pitch, again, super loud, 115 miles per hour, the, the hardest hit ball that has been hit at Angel Stadium since the StatCast era, which I think has been in the last five or five or seven years. So uh, definitely something that was a no-doubter and definitely something that um, that was awesome to see. And again, uh, pitching and hitting in the same day has, hasn't been happened in so many years since I think before the DH was even implicated. You can follow a lot of guys on Twitter um, from Red Bollinger to, you know, um, Jeff Fletcher, Fabian Ardaya, and they were retweeting these these little nuggets that were popping out throughout the day. You know, Otani is the first pitcher slash, you know, hitter since blah, blah, blah to bat in the second hole, to start the game in the second hole. It was just a bunch of little stuff like that that you you realize was a really a special day for Otani. Now, after that, um, we get a sack fly later in the game, but then here comes Fletcher to do a little more damage. As an Angels fan... He went to the 2002 World Series Parade. Throws a little party favor into right. That is vintage David Fletcher. 3 nothing Angels. And kind of like Matty V said, that is vintage uh, Fletcher. Just putting it out there um, in a spot where no one can get to it. Producing a run and just being able to get on base. So uh, the new uh, man with a new contract really is performing this season. And so that was great to get up 3-0. Otani walks the bases loaded. And, you know, I that's the one thing about Otani in this in this outing. You can say a lot of things about um, him pitching, and his stuff was working really, really well. But he was very up and down. He was very um, inconsistent with his control. He ends up lasting two, uh, four and two-thirds, two hits, three runs, one earned run, but seven strikeouts, and here's the big kicker, was five walks. I think that put him in a situation where he put himself into a lot of um, 
He put himself in a lot of situations that didn't need to be as far as walking guys, putting guys on on base. And um, I think that hurt him in the long run, not only with his pitch count, but just kind of being in these high lever situations that didn't really need to be. Um, but he ends up loading the bases, a wild pitch, uh, brings a guy in, and then they end up scoring uh then they end up scoring one on that wild pitch. So that's not exactly the, again, the way you want this to kind of play out, but um, it got even more weird later in this game and, and you know, and involved Otani and this is what happened. The next three, two. He got him. Stassi's got to finish with the throw to first base and it's mishandled. Fletcher throws home. That wide Otani goes down at the plate so obviously a very scary moment right there with Otani um strike three drop ball so the batter uh, gets to advance Stasi seemed to be rushing the throw a little bit gets up the line from from gets away from Walsh luckily Fletcher was there to back it up so now you you assuming there's a play at the plate the ball comes in it's high Otani naturally just goes up and tries to catch it and you know, obviously that didn't go well. Um, I believe Abreu slid, kind of took Otani's legs out from underneath him. Wasn't purpose. You could tell that he that Abreu knew it was going to be a play at the plate, and he had to get down because it was going to be close. Um, reports have come out that Otani got taken out right after this play, but the reports came out that they got take, he got taken out of this game because of his pitch count and kind of his workload, not because of an injury. Um, they said it was sore um, from the fall, but nothing really nothing broken, nothing sprained, nothing, nothing like that. So we'll kind of moderate it for our, uh, keep an eye on it for the next you know day or so and see what happens. He probably is going to have a day off tomorrow. I think regardless, just because um, he's played every day so far, just got done pitching. Um, there's no reason to put him out there against Houston right now. We'll kind of see how that goes, but it's something to definitely keep an eye on for, but unfortunately that tied the game three, three for a game that seemed until that point was, uh, was cruising for the angels. Um, you know, the, the, the White Sox, even at, to the end, weren't necessarily putting hitting the ball really hard. A lot of their runs were off of Angels' mistakes, uh, walks, wild pitches, errors, all that stuff. So, you know, it was kind of a frustrating game as an Angel fan because you saw the team should have had a lot bigger lead. It should have been, you know, uh, a 4-1 to game, a 3-1 to game, something like that. And now it's tied 3-3. And um, this man, again, uh, comes up to the bat and, and – you know, is performing and he might be your long-term first baseman. Walsh with a swing and a drive and a ball that's going to go. So obviously that's the go ahead run. That's the run. Everyone thought that's it. We're done. We're going to win this game. We're going to take three out of four from Chicago, the team that's favored to win the central. But in reality, it didn't really happen that way. Um, Rossell Iglesias does come in in the eighth inning for a five-out save, which to me, I've never been a huge fan of bringing in your closer for more than a one-inning save. I just, I don't know. I'm sure there's numbers that say that it's just as effective as a normal three-out save, and that's fine. But it just feels like every single time I see a reliever come in for a four or five or, you know, six out save. It just, something doesn't go right. Either they work a lot harder than they need to, or, you know, it just kind of blows up. And in this situation, he gets out of that eighth inning really smoothly. He gets out of it, I think with like five pitches. So in your mind, you're kind of thinking, 
that stuff sets up perfectly for the ninth inning. And again, it just seemed like a lot of weird plays, a lot of balls, a lot of walks, and a lot of just weird things happen all series long, not only for the Angels, but kind of like when we said with the Luis Roberts uh, play uh, the day before with the ball top of the head. There's a lot of defensive, there was a lot of defensive, you know, sloppiness between both teams today or this or the uh, the whole weekend. And it showed its head again um, with this play. Back to the mound and Iglesias airmails Rendon. And the White Sox have tied it in the ninth. So, yeah, um, you have your closer out there doing great. The one thing I didn't show before this is that there was a play that he made, which should have been a really easy throw to first base. Luckily, Fletcher was covering, and it was a high, but Fletcher was able to get his foot down and get that out. I just always find it weird that pitchers who can dot the corner of a of a of a plate cannot throw to first base, or in this case, third base. You would think a guy that can throw so hard, so so fast, and so accurate can you know slow it down a little bit and just kind of toss it over to first base and get it out, or in this case, just toss it over um, to third base to get a guy in a pickle, and was and he's not able to. So, um, you know, honestly, th- at this point, I was feeling kind of down. I'm sure a lot of people out there were feeling kind of down. Um, but, you know, we're just watching the Jared Walsh show. And- Angel roster this year. Oh. Walsh sends it well out to left center field. So, yeah, Jared Walsh went to Jared. Uh, Matt Vaskersian on that call, obviously, and we'll probably hear more of him uh, later in the year. But the Angels win this 4-7 to on a walk-off home run by Jared Walsh. Two-home run game. I mean, this guy has absolutely been killing it this series. Um, and they kind of mentioned it a little bit in the broadcast. He had a whole hum, um, you know, a whole hum spring training. But, you know, for him to show up and do what he did, you know, Uh, it's crazy. And obviously coming onto this afterwards probably wasn't the best idea just because of the fact um, I'm still kind of super hyped about everything going on and it's crazy. And I can't get my uh, thoughts straight, but uh, thanks for everyone for watching and listening. But yeah, this game definitely took 20 years off my life too, but what a great series. What a great win for these guys. Again, not the, not the cleanest series by no means for either team. Both teams had their issues. Um, defensively especially, bullpen especially, starters for the Angels. I mean, Andrew Haney, um, you know, we'll see what happens with Shohei, but he needs to kind of tie in some things up because if he's only going to go in, into the fourth inning, you know, it's that might end up being an issue with how the – and you saw him kind of maneuver things with double switches and stuff like that. So um, it's going to be really interesting to see how they what they do going forward. Um, I, I, You know, it was crazy watching that last home run by Jared Walsh, you know, he kind of started walking it off and I just, I didn't think he hit it that hard. Honestly, there's been, there was two shots that night that uh, one by Upton and uh, I think another one by Walsh too, where it sounded like he got all of it and it just came up short. So for him to feel that confident and start kind of walking it off a little bit before he gets over the top and it only cleared maybe by like five or six feet. But when you know, I guess, you know, so that was awesome. Um, Awesome to see. Awesome also to watch and just be a part of. So um, someone asked too about no Mike Myers tonight. I think he's pitched last couple days in a row. I know he pitched 
Friday, and I'm pretty sure he also pitched Saturday. So I'm guessing with the two days um, pitching back-to-back so early in the season, they probably gave him, uh, obviously, the time off. So, But I can definitely expect to see him um, going forward uh, next series against the Houston Astros. So that pretty much sums up this series. Absolutely, you know, crazy series. Absolute fun to watch. Um, they take three out of four from Chicago. And if the Angels are going to compete at a high level, they need a win series against good teams like Chicago. Chicago is a favorite in the AL Central from a lot of people. So for them to take three or four in the way they did, producing late and just not giving up and just getting at a really good bullpen. I can't stress this enough. Getting to a really, really good bullpen. Um you know, obviously it's the first series of the season, so you can't take too much out of the way, but it's just fun to see that kind of um, that kind of action and just see that kind of performance from these guys and guys that um, you were kind of asking questions about. Jared Walsh being one of them, Upton, um, Stasi, you know, all these guys contributed to this series that weren't Mike Trout, weren't Rendon. Obviously, Otani had two home runs also, but for the majority of it, are these secondary guys that you need them to perform. But Jared Walsh, another past guest of the All Angels podcast, um, doing big things tonight, and it was just great to see him uh, have a two-home run game and the second home run obviously being a walk-off and and securing that win for the Angels in a series win against the Chicago White Sox. So we're going to take a quick break, and after that we're going to talk about some news that came out and look ahead uh, forward to the next series. Your outdoor experience could be better, clearly better. Canon sunglasses are made exclusively with polarized lenses for optimal clarity. Using Japan optics, Canon lenses are clearer, lighter, and stronger than other lenses and are nearly impossible to scratch. With frames handcrafted in Italy, Canon sunglasses elevate your experience outside with a degree of clarity beyond your wildest imagination. Use the exclusive code KNUN15 at KNUN.com to receive 15% off your first pair. That's K-A-E-N-O-N-C-A-S-T-1-5. KNUN, clearly better. It's that time of the year again, and all eyes are now going to be on pro basketball and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline.ag has your betting action covered. In the NBA, the conference races are heating up as the teams prepare to make their push for the playoffs. And if baseball is your first love, like it is mine, BetOnline has you covered. If you love hockey, golf, MMA, and championship boxing, guess what? BetOnline has it all. Every sport, every game, every matchup. BetOnline has you covered for all the odds and real-time updates, and this is the place for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to place and check in on all your favorite sports bets all the time. Head to the website or use your mobile device and bring home the game with BetOnline. And we are back. So some other news that happened this weekend that came out. Um, I guess it would be called former Angels now. Uh, former Angels Ty Butchie put out a statement um, walking away from the game through his uh Instagram um, kind of stating, I, I'm sure a lot of people read it. And when he was, when it was announced the day before that he did not report to the alternate site, a lot of people were talking and, you know, and obviously I think as people, myself included, I learned a lot from that Simmons 
situation that happened at the end of 2020 when he walked away from the Angels and and opted out the last week of the season. And a lot of people were very uh, critical of Simba back then. And then coming, you know, comes out before the season this year that he was dealing with anxiety and depression and, and all that kind of stuff that goes unseen to a lot of people. So when this came out with Butchery, I didn't, I was one that didn't necessarily jump right away to what, you know, what are you doing? Why aren't you playing this and that? You know, I kind of wanted to slow play it and see what was going to happen. Let him put a kind of a statement out for himself. And that's exactly what he did on his Instagram. Um, But, you know, for the most part, you can go to Ty Butchery's Instagram and read the whole statement. But for the most part, it is he kind of lays out that, you know, he lost lost the passion. It was never really fun for him. He did this baseball thing for to prove people wrong and because he was good at it. And, you know, people would always say, you know, you can't make it to the major leagues. And he wanted to prove them wrong. Well, that kind of motivation only lasts so long. Um, once he made it to the majors and once, you know, he saw that it became more and more of a business, you can understand the, the fact that you kind of – um, maybe lose what little passion you had for it or, or enthusiasm for it. You know, he he understands that it's a great job with that you can make great money. But at the end of the day, if you're not happy doing it or you're just kind of like having to pull yourself out of bed to do it, you know, is it the right job for you? And I think it's a lot better for him and the Angels that he does this because the last thing you want as an Angel fan is a guy that puts on a, a happy face and looks like he's happy and looks like he loves being there when in reality he might not. And it can, you know, show up in his performance. Now, obviously he had a great uh, beginning of 2019. I don't know, maybe if the over usage and just dealing with that kind of, you know, body aches and just tearing your body down like that had any effect to it. I don't know, but Ty Buttry is walking away from baseball and he seems completely, um, content he seems completely happy with it and for uh for someone to walk away from an opportunity to to make that much money you know down the line i think that 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 shows where his head's at and i don't fault him i don't think anyone should fault him at all because like i said it's it's best for him to get out now and not you know put the angels in a situation where he is playing and maybe he's not into it and now he's costing the angels games he knows that his heart's not into it and it's always best to you know get out before you start affecting other people and and the fans so um as a guy that talked to ty a lot when we had him on the podcast and, and met up with him a little bit at spring training a couple of years ago you know nothing but the best for him we've had his wife sam on the podcast uh, nothing best for them um, they moved into a home. I believe they're up in Washington and whatever's up for whatever's next for them. That's great. And on, and on uh, Ty Buttry's statement, he, he says he really looks forward to be calling to be called Ty and not Ty, the baseball player. And as someone who, um, you know, if if you're if your whole identification is a single game, I can understand how you feel like you can be more than that as a person. And so hopefully he gets that with wherever he's going. Um but you know he was he was a good guy to us. I will have have nothing to say bad to say about him. He was on the Angels podcast, uh, met him in person, made out time in spring training, even when he was rehabbing to come and say hi and sign a ball and, and a picture for us. So I will always appreciate that. Um, so now, kind of moving forward a little bit after this crazy four game series, now we got a quick two game series with Houston coming into town uh, Monday and Tuesday. Uh, Luis uh, Luis Garcia and Jose Quintana are starters for Monday. Both of those guys are making their season debut um, at Angel Stadium again Monday. I believe is a 6:30 start, but 
you know, we'll see what happens. Jose Quintana, one again, another one of those guys like Alex Cobb, where you're trying to see if this was the right move for the Angels. Um, so we'll see how that goes Monday night, and then you go then to Tuesday afternoon, a one o'clock game. Zach Granke, Griffin Canning, Zach Granke um, pitched already opening day, and again with the Angels six man rotation, Griffin Canning will be making his major league debut. So. You know, obviously, it's going to be interesting to see how that young, how the young Griffin Canning goes against a veteran um, Zach Granke. Um, and let's be honest, the the Astros have coming into town on a, on a hot streak. They just got done sweeping the Oakland A's, and not only sweeping the Oakland A's, they got done just kind of running through them. Um, I think I saw a stat where it was they outscored the A's. I think it was something like thirty-one to nine um, over four games. Uh, so we'll see what happens, but the Astros are on a tear. But because it's early in the season, I'm still not sure if it's because the Astros are doing that good or are the A's that bad or is it a combination of both? Was it just a bad series for the A's? I don't know, but they are definitely coming in with a ton of confidence and a ton of hot bats. So it's going to be really interesting to see how the Angels lineup and bullpen uh, deal with Houston. Um we should hear hopefully some news about Otani soon. If he doesn't play Monday, hopefully he plays Tuesday. After Tuesday, there is an off day before they hit the road. I believe they go to Toronto slash Florida. Toronto Blue Jays are out in their spring training complex for the first month or so uh, because of the whole COVID situation. They're not able to play up in Canada. So the Angels are going to an East Coast trip after this series. So that's the day off Wednesday. Um, the next podcast will happen probably Tuesday night. I'm going to shoot for seven o'clock and we'll talk about this series, the uh, quick two game series against Houston. And also then to we'll take questions, emails, uh, questions in the comments. We'll do more of that on Tuesday night. Uh, We'll have more time, obviously with it being a day game with the night game tonight, you know, kind of get in, give you a recap and then go forward from that. But uh, again, we'll be back Tuesday night. Uh, about seven o'clock on our streaming platform. That's Facebook, uh, YouTube, and Twitter. Um, hope that you guys can join us there. Um, we'll take questions there. We'll t- take questions on our emails at allangelspodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's allangelspodcast at gmail.com. I want to thank the, um, Again, for uh, Rake Baseball Co., the T-shirts are sent out to the trivia winners. We send them out on Friday. Hopefully, they'll get them soon. They're going to post, uh, post it, and then we'll repost it on our social media feed. And we're looking for to do more and more of that kind of stuff um, as the season plays out. But again, um, what a great series. Angels take three or four from Chicago with a walk-off, with an Otani just absolute blast, with, um, you know, Great defense from uh, from Lagares and and Jose Iglesias and just you know great great plays. Um, Jared Walsh, you know maybe the end of last year wasn't a fluke after all. We'll see what happens going forward, but uh, really really exciting things going forward. And so we'll be back Tuesday night uh, recapping the Houston series and looking ahead a little bit to the Toronto Blue Jays series that's going to happen next weekend. So. Until next time, I am Dale Garcia, and this has been another edition of the All Angels Podcast.
Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows.